Hello, everyone. This is Kendra, and welcome to the I Trip Over Flat Surfaces podcast. I created this podcast to help and encourage you to get back up after stumbles and all-out fall-on-your-face life events. I do this with simple, practical views and ideas I have experienced and learned from my own stumbles and falls that you can apply to your everyday life. If this is your first podcast or your regular, I want to say thank you so very much for listening. Now let's step right into this episode. On this episode, we go across the pond, as they say, to talk about fear. My guest is Anne, and Anne is in the construction industry. Her services are to help you get started in the construction and STEM discipline. Anne mentors, provide professional services and resume and career guidance, and has a community called the Determinator Collective to support networking opportunities. Can I just say that I absolutely love that name, and Anne also has a podcast by a similar name, The Everyday Determinator. Well, in this episode, we talk about being a determinator of finding that one thing that is larger than your fear, and then taking a plan, working a plan, and basically putting into your own hands the development of that plan and working through that plan so you're able to decide the baby steps or large steps that you take to get to the other side of that fear. Because as Anne will talk about, on the other side of that fear is freedom and freedom to experience more, progress more, and to live more. It doesn't mean you still may not have some fear about that thing, but you are able to manage that thing while still feeling the fear and you're able to live a more encouraged and enriched life. Anne gets very personal about her struggle with fear about the dentist, who doesn't have that, and how she worked through it. So let's take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of season three, where we are talking about fear. Welcome to the episode, and I just am so thankful that you're able to take the time. You're definitely in a very different time zone than here in the United States, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the iTrip Over Flat Services podcast. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So let's get right into the subject of fear and what does fear mean to you and what are the feelings that you think maybe we have that we don't actually recognize our fear? So for me um, in my life, um, fear has actually been a barrier to opportunities for me. Um, So it's been something that's held me back from things that I maybe wanted to pursue but didn't get to because the fears have held me back. They've And they've not necessarily been directly related to the thing that I'm wanting to achieve. Um, one was and one wasn't. So the two fears, the two major fears that I've had in my life to deal with is, is one was mass anxiety, but the other one was a dental phobia. And they've held me back from opportunities in my career um, because indirectly I wanted to do things that I wasn't able to do so while they weren't direct you know it wasn't direct to my career that I wanted to go to the dentist but it actually held me back not being able to do that um so for me it did mean 
you know, barrier to opportunities that I may have went for, I may have been picked for, but I didn't have the confidence because of the fear that I was was holding and living with. I also didn't have the energy. Um, And I think one thing that people don't understand about fear is that it is a hell of a lot of energy to be fearful of something every single day. Um, And and for me, that's one thing um, that having overcome um, my dental phobia, the relief and the that lifting of this, you know, burden that I was carrying around, I didn't even realise how tiresome and how much energy that was taken from me until it lifted, you know. Um, so I think that, that sort of energy part and the energy that's involved with holding a fear and being fearful of something, you know, my dental phobia was something that presented every single day. You have to brush your teeth every day, you have to eat every day, um, you know, you're talking to people every day. So there was there was all these different implications for me where it presented multiple times every single day and it was really, really tiring. Um, the other thing about it is it, it's cyclical, so you when you're in that moment of fear, you're apprehensive, you're nervous, you've got emotional feelings, but also very, sometimes very physical um, symptoms of your fears as well. Um, you know, it can make you physically ill, you can give you a sore tummy, um, you know, it can um, almost shut you down sometimes. Um, but on the other side of that, when you get through fears or when you challenge them and you're able to tackle them, you know, there's good feelings around um getting past that as well um you know things like you know just the relief like i said of of not, not having that burden um you know freedom um that i felt afterwards um was you know insane it was it was a level of freedom that i really didn't expect um and i think um you know those things are quite important to talk about as well as all the the bad stuff and you know the being on the side of fear, but being on the other side of that as well is something that um, we should talk about, I think, when we talk about fear. Yeah, I I really like that on the other side of fear. And so I think that's a, a great point that you mentioned is the actual taxing of our body um, because of fear. And, you know, going out and doing a hard days of physical labor is one thing, but the mental... Um, weightlifting that you do because you're constantly um, ruminating on that fear issue for yourself. And and I will say, I don't like the dentist either. And thank you, Jesus, for sedation dentistry, because <laughs> that has, that has um, helped me. And sometimes we need a little bit of, of quote unquote sedation to get us through that. But how have you managed fear throughout your life for that so you you had an issue a phobia of the dentist um how did you get to a place where you were able to recognize okay i do have this fear um but it's something that i need to do anyway for my health you know how do i manage and and walk through this fear to get me to a place where i can go and sit in that chair and and live through this so for a long time, my management technique of this phobia was avoidance, um, which probably isn't a management technique as such. It's more of a how do you deal with this? But right. at the same time, because of the, the you know the physical and the emotional taxing that it has, you have to sometimes protect yourself as well and get on with life. So avoidance worked for me for you know in some situations, which isn't something I'd recommend if you can but I I understand why it happens Um, but I got to a point where 
it was criticality for me. So in my career, I realised that if I didn't address these things, that it was going to hold me back to such an extent I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I really wanted to do. And it got to a stage where that overtook the stage of phobia and I was like I have to deal with this because I want to do these things I want to have a better life obviously you know with dental phobia especially there's health concerns also um I actually had a a a front tooth um and that's kind of what pushed me to it because it was a real confidence um thing um and I was really nervous I felt like every time I opened my mouth to speak I was judged so I would always speak down and speak low and kind of hide away you know because I I felt like everyone was just focused on that and honestly probably nobody was that bothered and certainly no one was as bothered about it as I was um you know I think we, we we build up so much in our head but then I'm thinking about it all day, every day. You know, someone's sure. looking at me for 30 seconds. They don't really have time to be bothered about <laughs> what my tooth looks like um, in most cases. So, um, But you're talking about a fear, that a real phobia fear that you had. But then now you're layering other fears on top of that. You know, really? what do people think of me? Um, how do I don't feel good about myself? Worry. Um, it's you know, taking yourself, you know, trying to keep yourself in a, in a comfort zone. Um, and so because of that one fear, now you've layered your life with multiple types of fear. Absolutely. And so yeah. you're not having to just get through one layer of fear, you're having to get through multiple layers. Absolutely. Um, and that was um, a big part of addressing it, um, ultimately, because I had to peel away again, you know, what you've built up you have to peel back away. Um, so I had to then confront all these things like, why is it important that I want to stand up and speak to people? Why is it important that I care what people think about me? Will it make a difference if I get this tooth fixed? How important is that? How important is that for my own health, you know, my oral health, but actually just general well-being as well? Um, and actually, like I say, the physical and emotional of being fearful all the time is really not healthy space to be in, you know, because I'm, I was tired all the time. You know, imagine thinking you spend your whole life bracing for impact. It's, it's exhausting, you know, and it was holding me back in more ways than, you know, I, I'd recognised it was holding me back in my career, but actually it's holding me back in terms of the energy that I had to spend on other things, you know, even things like going out to eat with friends or, um, what I would choose to eat as well in, in certain, you know, I'll, I'll only eat this when I go out with people because, you know, I'm, I'm scared my tooth will get worse or it'll break or and then I've got to deal with that. And then, you know, so like you say, all those sort of like added layers sort of peeled up. Hence why the avoidance comes in, because you just kind of protect yourself from all of that and just go, I'm not dealing with that today. I'm just going to deal with this. Right. Um, so when it did actually come to... Um, you know, addressing the situation, I found that the best thing for me was to really just get uncomfortable with, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, start confronting it. Um, and, and, and it was baby steps. You know, a lot of it was baby steps. A lot of it was very small, tiny steps with sympathetic support from, um, you know, a dental provider that understood the anxiety that I had and was happy to go at a pace um, that suited me. You know, I went in, for example, I said, look, I just want to come in and have a look around. I don't want you to touch me. I don't want you to do anything. I don't want to sit in the chair. I'm doing nothing. I just want to come in and see what the room looks like, what to expect, because it had been 15 years since I'd last been at the dentist. And that was about 10 years 
since the previous time as well. So it'd been, you know, um, so I was very nervous just even about going in and making an appointment and, you know, and, and then going in and seeing the room and just, it was quite overwhelming. So it was just finding it baby steps and doing it in a state where I could expose myself and build up a little bit of confidence. You know, I could get some trust that these people are nice people. Um, you know, they're not going to hurt me. I'd been hurt from the dentist when I was a child, which I think started all of this. Wow. So you're having to go back to building your confidence, small little baby blocks um, and building up. Um, so for me, it was um, I went in um the first time just to see the room didn't do anything I actually got to the stage where I did sit in the chair they said you can if you want you don't have to but I did um and then I was like right okay I can deal right I can deal with that okay um what's the next step so then it was maybe going in just getting like them to have a look and assessment in my teeth not doing anything just having a look but just to get the feel of someone like looking in my mouth and you know using some of the um the mirror and everything to make an assessment and for me that was so scary because the actual assessment, I didn't know the damage that I'd had in my teeth for so long because I hadn't been for so long. Um, and then when I actually found out what I needed doing, so the the um, dental work that I needed doing after that, it, it wasn't as scary because I knew what I was coping. You know, it was still scary, don't get me wrong, the thought of having work done. But for me, I think the, the worst part of the whole experience was actually that day when I went in to get the assessment done to, to see what the damage was yeah. um, because I didn't know. And, you know, you, you build up in your head and you just think every tooth is going to be bad. You need them all taken out. It's going to be horrific. Um, and it really wasn't that bad, you know. I mean, I still I did need work doing. I had to get a couple of teeth taken out and I had to get a couple of fillings and things like that. Um, but the dentist was very good they explained it and we made a plan again baby steps let's come and do one thing at a time let's do one thing at a time and they did it and took it at a pace that I was happy with and that I was comfortable with um and the next session was just getting my teeth clean just so that I could feel you know stuff happening in my mouth but right without actually getting work done as such um and then the next time is when they actually addressed the front tooth and then it was actually an extraction took it out and they've replaced it with a plate now um so, and you know just that sort of building up baby steps um I actually did um have hypnosis as well a couple of sessions oh, before wow. I before I went to um that so it wasn't all me um but certainly to thought about using that that's interesting yeah. Yeah. Um, so I used um, hypnosis, and I again, it's something that I probably avoided for a long time because I thought, what is like, what is that going to do? Like, you know, yeah. you know. And then I'd heard some people, and then I think I got to this point where I was just like, I'm ready to try something. You know what I mean? Like, and I'd heard good things about um, this hypnotist lady that I knew locally, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try a couple of sessions and see if it makes me feel any better or not. Um, and I think, you know, we were talking about building up all those layers of anxiety and the hypnosis helped me to peel peel them back. Well, That's sure, to work on one at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it helped mm. me to understand what, what, where was the fear coming from? What was, where did this, you know, what, what is it actually that you're fearful from? Mm. Um, and one thing that I really took from her was that fear is there to protect us because we've had a bad experience. It's our body's way of saying, we want you to be safe. You know, your your fear is there to make you feel safe and to protect you. It doesn't always make us feel safe because we feel fearful. Um, so it sounds counterintuitive, but it's there to, to protect us. It's there to make us feel safe. It's there to stop us from going into a situation where we know from learning that 
we were hurt before. You know, I was hurt as a child at the dentist um, through a procedure, and it, that's what stopped me from wanting to go back. Right. Um, so it's 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 a mechanism that our bodies, you know, very cleverly um, put in place to protect us from getting into a bad situation again. But sometimes it doesn't serve us. Sometimes that fear doesn't serve us. And I think talking to the hypnosis lady and being under the hypnosis, um, I was able to understand that actually this fear was no longer serving me as I was. It served me as a child. It served me to stop being hurt. But actually, now it was actually doing the opposite. It It was hurting me by having this fear because I wasn't able to go to the dentist. I had poor teeth. It was... You know, it was doing the opposite of what it was intended to do. Um, so being able to understand that and, like I say, the work that she did. Um, and after the first one, I, I really felt like, what what even happened there? Like, you know, how can that help with the dentist thing? And we had another session the week after. And I, I remember saying to her, you know, I have not thought at all, all week about my teeth. Oh, and I hadn't yeah. realised that I hadn't even thought about it until she asked me the week after. And so you maybe didn't even realise how much you were thinking about it until you stopped thinking about it. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, and that was so a interesting. huge, huge realisation for me. I didn't realise that, that. I knew it was like presenting every day, but I didn't realise the, the, the hold it had over me. I didn't realise that it was so much every day. Um, and you know, she said to me, "How how's the last week been?" And I was like, "You know, I've slept really well. I've done, you know, I've you know, and I oh, felt wow. so much better." And she said, and "How have you been thinking about your teeth?" And I'm like, I, "I actually haven't like at all since we wow, last." Wow, it's so interesting that it, you know it was such a part of your everyday life that it had become white noise and not even recognized anymore because it was just literally entrenched as part of your everyday. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was so, that that second session was really powerful because I was just like, wow, you know, like I hadn't even realized how much it had become part of me. Um, and then I was really able, the second session was really good. And I actually only had three sessions in total. Wow, that's it. That was like a lot, but and I wish you know, and and, you know, hindsight is wonderful. I wish I'd done that years ago, but um, you weren't ready. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't willing to accept that that was a helpful form for me at that point. It wasn't impacting me in the way that it became to impact me. Um, And you know, we can all say we wish we'd do something ten years before. I mean, you know, you you yeah. Hindsight, right? I mean, Um, what I think I heard you say is it's really finding that thing that is bigger than your fear, be it a specific goal, maybe it's a person, a thing, you know, whatever that item is that's that um, is so important to you that you're willing to then look at the fact that you have a fear about something. And then kind of um, developing a plan to help manage that. And that plan for everyone is absolutely very different. Um, But what I also think I heard you say is that within that plan, look at areas that you may not have thought about before, hypnosis, um, seeing someone, talking to someone that maybe you wouldn't have considered doing before. Because again, it's it's about looking at ways that... um, that are outside of the box or in the box, you know, but then 
taking that plan and just doing one tiny step at a time. And um, again, being open to areas that maybe you haven't considered before. And then if that's not working, then step back and step in a different direction and try something. But it's looking at that whole picture of a plan. And that whole plan could be, you know, what it is for your month or your year to get through that. And then those little steps, would that be sort of how you help other, you know, in your everyday, in your business, how you help people manage their fear? And what you do absolutely um you know definitely that but also sympathetic support because i think one thing that we often think about in our fears is that we feel quite alone in that we feel that we're the only one that's had to, you know we we know you know logically that we're not the only one that's have a dental phobia but you feel like your experience is unique and it is unique but other people can still understand that and be sympathetic and support you so one of the things that i found is when i actually started talking about my fear a lot of people said to me, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't really like the dentist or I've really struggled or I've got a couple of bad teeth I needed to get, but this is how I dealt with it. And we talk, I'm talking about it as what's really helpful. And it's such a small thing that everyone can do. Um, you know, and the same with mass phobia, you know, like I thought I was so silly um, for, for having this. But actually, like in the UK, when I started looking into it, like 50% of UK adults have this sort of problems. Um so there's lots of people that do understand. They might not have the exact same experience as you, same with dental phobia. We have different triggers or different reasons why we end up in that situation, but we can all understand. Um, and even if it's not the same phobia that we share, um, we, we're all fearful of something or have been in our life. Um, so, you know, people can understand. So if you can find people that, um, you know, you're close with your family, friends, that, you know, can just support you with those steps that you make because sometimes you know you do need a little um a, a little bit of support when it comes to even like right. making an appointment to the dentist or you know oh, going sure. and just saying like I'm going to go for the appointment today you know and I was I was able to, I was very very lucky I was able to say to my work and just say I don't know I've not been to the dentist for a long time I don't know what I'm going to feel like when I come out of there so I might need the rest of today off I don't know I don't know how I'm going to feel because it's been so long I'm fearful I'm trying to do this and actually when I came out I was so like I just wanted to sleep you know (laughs) Um, but just find people that can understand and be sympathetic to what you're going through and just give you that little room to deal with it as well because having people pile on with other commitments that we have you know like you said before our work and then you know our lives just right they they don't have to they're not going to know how you feel but they just need to be open to be empathetic to your situation absolutely just give you a little bit of space to do the little step that you need to do today you know or the little steps that you're working towards over the next month people can just be there to give you that breathing space to do that understand that you're tackling you know because it is um, a mental task it's a physical task to deal with this situation so if people can just understand that while you're doing what you need to do for work you are still dealing with this on the side and right. just need a little bit of space and support sometimes um right just to, to get there and you had mentioned earlier on the other side of fear there was a lot of freedom and i think that is the big thing i mean we all want mental peace and you get so much freedom by having peace. But when they're in the thick of it, they they have no idea what that freedom really feels like. And they can, I don't even know that you can imagine it 
because no. you've this has become like we were saying so entrenched in your life. So how how can you help someone understand what it's like on that other side of fear so they 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 see a light. They see a glimmer, a twinkle, you know, anything to kind of help them walk in that direction. So I think for me, when it comes to the dentist, I think about how I was even, even two years ago. I would have done anything else rather than go to the dentist, literally anything. Like you could have put any options on the table and I would have done anything to get out of going to the dentist. And now, let's say, because I found what was more important to me, um, I've been able to tackle that. And actually, I actually feel like there isn't anything I couldn't do now because I've done that. Um, you know, and that's quite a powerful thing. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm, I still, don't get me wrong, I still don't like going to the dentist. I don't know anyone who likes going. Um, and it's still, it would still be uncomfortable. I'd still be nervous. But actually, I've got the power to choose to go there now when, before it becomes critical for me. I've got the power to choose to go there and have work done to prevent big problems coming or, you know, and, and just that, that mental um, burden that's been lifted, you know, and, and the fact that it is a choice for me to go now, you know, before... I might have been forced to go to the dentist. And I, I, I even I could have still been avoiding this situation, but there will come a point in everyone's life, and I think you know dental things where it might not be a choice that you have to go again. And for me, that was really scary as well because I thought I need to be in control of this situation. I need to to do it at my own pace, and I don't want to get to a situation where I'm forced to go because you know health-wise um I have to um and being able to control it with the baby steps and that situation I had gave me the freedom in in actually in the situation to deal with it in my way um but also on the other side of that now I can choose to go I can choose to make appointments to look after my well-being um and I can do them at times that suit me because like I say again it'll come up where you might be forced to go because something happens Um, and and having that ability to choose when it fits in you know that's not always going to be the case there might be sometime when something happens and you do need to go but the fact that I'm now comfortable enough I know that I'm I'm going to be okay I know that I'm going to be comfortable enough you know and I think it's it's that comfortable enough thing um you know get to a point where you're comfortable I, I, I still wouldn't like say you know I want to go in an afternoon out to the dentist but I know that if the situation comes, I'm comfortable enough that it's not going to traumatise me. It's not going to, um, you know, disrupt me in such a way that it might have before. Um, but also the opportunities that I'm getting, you know, in terms of work, I'm more confident. I can speak up. I can do public speaking. Um, I'm much more confident in my workplace. Um, I'm able to take opportunities and actually seek out opportunities that weren't even on the table before mm. um, because I'm now confident to stand up and confident to speak in front of people. Um, I, I, I really don't mind if someone notices something, but he's so happy to talk about it. Um, because actually learning that talking and sharing the problem is has been helpful for right. me. It probably will help someone else as well. Um, hence why I'm here talking to you today yeah. as well. And <laughs> um, it, someone and will use another example um, to your point. I think it's really good because people again have a hard time understanding what that freedom's really going to feel like until they experience it. Um, but it, you know, it's like someone who is terrified of flying. 
So as opposed to waiting to when there's such a situation that it forces you to take a flight to do something, take that into your own hands and do it at your own pace to kind of help get over that fear versus, you know, like this is a work dependent thing. Like you need to go on this trip for your work. Like this is no, you know, this is not an option or there is a sickness and you have to get to a family member um, or crisis or something. So instead of doing that and forcing yourself and your body into a position of being so stressed because of the fear, and now you're causing yourself some physical um, strain, and in some cases could be, you know, uh, damaging, Um, taking that into your own hands and managing it in your way that will help you get through it. It may take a long time. I mean, for some people, those steps could be very slow and take quite a while and require you to constantly recommit yourself to the process. But then if you have done that work in those times of crisis or requirement for a job or whatever, you're able to manage that in a much better way and it's not forced upon you. Exactly. You're always a step closer with with each, you know, every tiny baby step is not to be dismissed. You know, each step is critical in you overcoming. And each time you take even the smallest of steps, it it moves you closer to getting over this thing. It it moves you closer to that freedom that we're talking about. So even if you only manage one step closer before you're in a situation where you maybe have to go and take that flight or like for me, go to the dentist, even one step closer means that your experience will be more comfortable than it was the last time. If you get to a stage where you're forced to go and you've you've not managed to make any steps forward, potentially, like you say, it's very damaging. You're adding another layer on that you then need to peel away. And actually, what comes after that is that you maybe avoid for longer. You you know sure. you struggle then, and then the next time again, it's even worse. You know, oh, good point. Um, because you you're adding every time you're forced into a situation that's uncomfortable and you don't want to do it and you're fearful of it like you say the emotional and the physical anxiety and stress that that builds on you is adding more layers that you then need to peel away so you've done a couple of steps before and you might feel that you know you've done one or two steps and then you go on this flight and it puts you a step back but you're still further than what you would have been if you hadn't started at all Um, and I think you know if you just try a little step here a little step there and eventually you'll get to a stage where like I say it might you might never feel comfortable to go on a flight but you will be comfortable enough where it doesn't ruin right the whole experience you'll know that yeah I'm going to be comfortable for like four hours but I can cope with that I can manage that and I can do what I need to do or I can get the opportunities you know it might stop you from going on work flights um, and getting opportunities to go to great conferences or something that you really want to attend but you'll know actually you know it's not going to be my favorite thing but I'll be comfortable enough to go and get that opportunity you know I think that's a good point the other side of fear doesn't mean you may not ever feel fear about it again or that you may never feel a little bit of anxiousness but it does allow you to manage that and actually still live life while feeling that and in some cases it could completely go away it could truly you not ever feel feel fear about that ever again but um you you had a good point there that that other side of fear while still feeling fear you're doing it and so now you're able to maybe get a promotion because now that job requires 25 percent of travel 
and you're able to open yourself up to other opportunities that you may not have been able to do because you hadn't taken that path yet. So, well, tell us a little bit um, about your work and, um, you know, how you mentor others and, and what you do uh, in your everyday. So um, I work in the construction industry as a construction planner um, and that essentially means that I work in um, project controls. I look at the um, construction projects that we want to build and I look at all the things that go into that um, recipe as it were and then I write what I call the to-do list for the job. Um, so we look at um, how long things are, what the job needs to look like what order we build it in, what sequence we build it in, how long all the tasks take, how many people we need, what materials we need. And then I put that in a big to-do list, like this is how we need to build this, this is how long this will take, this is how long this will take, this comes first, this comes next. And then I um, we work together as a team to um, decide that's the best plan. And then once we've agreed on a plan, we then work towards that plan to build the projects. Um, I go around... Um, periodically to monitor that progress are we where we thought we were going to be um has a problem occurred what's the impact of that problem do we need to change something um do we need to say that we are now not going to make the end date because we cannot get it back or can we get more people or rework the sequence something like that so essentially that's what I do in the day-to-day um which I absolutely love doing um and I do quite a lot of mentoring and volunteering around built environment careers STEM getting children into thinking about careers in STEM so I go into schools and um, colleges universities and talk about my career um and you know the opportunities that are within construction because there's so much um opportunities you know changing technologies are meaning more opportunities for us um and trying to encourage um you know and just shine a light on construction a little bit because a lot of people still think of it as um muddy boots in a field and it's really not that so we're trying to just um explain that and explore that with um, parents and teachers as well as um the new generation coming through and you also have a podcast I do, yes. Um, I have a podcast called the Everyday Determinator podcast where we talk about um, everyday stories and the habits behind how I was thinking, you know, we see a lot on social media about um, the pictures of perfection and in the Everyday Determinator we talk about the journeys that people have taken to get to those pictures that we put on Instagram really, um, what's behind them, what are the lessons they've learned, the habits behind those journeys um, and you were very kindly um, a guest on there as well, um, much appreciated. Um, yes, yeah, so you can check that out as well if, if, if you wish. And so what are the things, um, the mentoring that you do with kids and you know, maybe even lessons you've learned from the podcasting, what's sort of the common denominator when it comes to fear? I mean, maybe it's different for the podcast guests versus the kids, but I mean, you know, fear is fear. We all have that same emotion. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of the thing that comes up for me is people are really frightened of what other people think, you know, and I've been there, we've all been there, you know, and it can stop us from choosing the life that we want to, to, um, choose you know choosing the career that we want you know a lot of people choose clothes and cars and homes and careers based on what other people think you know um even when talking to children it's oh um you know 
my, my parents aren't keen for me to go down this road and I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm fearful from that sort of disappointment. You know, I don't want to disappoint my parents. Um, you know, even parents, you know, say to them, about being a woman in construction oh no you know my girls can't do that you know um because what will people think you know uh, and what people think comes up quite a lot but really what I always think you know what people think is really none of your business you know that's what they think you know it's um it doesn't make you happy um if it's something that makes you happy um then you know really try and go after that um because at the end of the day you know life's really short um and you can waste a lot of time doing things to suit other people but actually if it doesn't make you happy then you know is it worth it you know maybe sometimes you'll find happiness along the way but um I've generally found in a lot of the podcast guests so you know that's experience talking to children it's about what other people think talking to the adults that I've had on the podcast a lot of them have come to the realization that they have been doing things to suit other people it hasn't made them happy they've made a change and done something that's made them happy. You know, I had one guest who had went into engineering, really didn't like it, um, and made a whole change to become like a um, a yoga instructor and spiritual therapist because that was what was in her heart. That's what made her joyful. Um, you know, people who have went on to climb mountains after having um, careers in finance because finance just wasn't giving them joy. So it's really about finding what really makes you happy. Um, most of my guests, in fact, I'd probably say all, um, have have mentioned a point in time where they've realised that what they were doing wasn't making them happy. That they've been doing things for other people, you know, out of a good place, from a good place, you know, to not disappoint parents or to, you know, you've maybe taken a job, taken a promotion because it helped your family, you know, with the financial side of things, or that was the done thing, you know, um, at at that time. But actually, it never really gave them the joy that they were seeking. And when they were able to step into that and make that change, then that has really made a big difference um, to them. And I think that's, you know, going back to what I said earlier on about finding that thing that's bigger than your fear. So, you know, if you can find the, the, the joyfulness that you want to go after that's bigger than what you're doing at the moment that's bigger than the fears that you're holding you know if you know that that joy you're going to get from choosing this is going to be happier than what you are currently um and it serves you better then um they're able to then make that but I think that's that's definitely a common thread through all the work I do with young people in schools colleges universities um and then my guests in the podcast as well So uh, very interesting. So I know that fear takes on different uh, shapes and, you know, we have the regular fear, you know, anxiety, or you're saying like of the dentist and I'm right there with you. But then we have those those cousins, you know, or different flavors, uh, close cousins, whatever it it might be. I know the guest I had on my last podcast uh, episode, she had mentioned that even procrastination or laziness she felt was a deep down form of fear. And so doing things for other people um, out of the thought that, we want to make sure they stay happy or we are we want them to like us is definitely in that family of fear even though it may not necessarily get your heart racing sweating you know those types of physical responses it's still a response of 
oh my gosh, I want to make sure that this person continues to like me, continues to invite me to their parties, continues to come to me for what they need. Um, And so out of that need, or even out of that need of, oh, guilt, of making sure that, you know, you keep someone happy, I think is all in that uh, relationship family of fear, for sure. The other thing that um, in that same sort of situation, it can be easier to justify being in that situation um, as serving someone else for fear of rejection of, you know, if you step into, you know, a a new career um, because you think that's going to give you joy, but there's worry about rejection or maybe this isn't going to be a success. It's almost easier to justify the status quo um, and use the, you know, the fear of disappointing people. So it's almost like, you know, balancing one fear against the other, you know, like um, I'd rather work on not having these people dislike me rather than what if this doesn't work out the way I want it to. Um, So then, you know, people are then sort of justifying one by um, not doing the other, if that makes sense. No, no, absolutely it does. And again, it's it's just part of breaking out those layers and really, again, identifying what's that bigger picture you have for your life. And that bigger picture doesn't have to be the CEO of a company. It could be just getting into a dental chair to have an examination and then, you know, coming up with a plan and just walking that plan with as small as steps as you need to, to get there and to take all the time you need to do it. Obviously, if there are things that are time sensitive, like your health, you need to get like a surgery or something that's, that's different, but, you know, making sure that you manage that well in advance of an event happening so you can be more in control of your life and that not be such a big impact. So, so what would you tell, um, you know, kind of, Wrapping up a little bit, is there a, a quote or motto that you use for your own life to help, you know, others in how to manage still while being in fear but living their life? So one that I actually really like um, comes from Jim Morrison of The Doors. Um, and I found this when I was going through this dental um the work of actually doing the dental. And it is expose yourself to your deepest fears. After that, you are free. So it's encompassing that you know, it, you know, it is a challenge. Expose yourself. It is a fear. It's a deep fear. It's it's there. It's got a grip. But after that, you are free. And it's that for me has been really powerful in helping me move from one side of fear into the other side. Wow, I got a little bit of a chill after that. That's an awesome quote. I love that. I'm gonna go look up the song. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode. I really appreciate you taking the time in the middle of your day and, and being on the, on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, doesn't the other side of fear sound like where you want to be? I think Anne gives a good way to break up the heavy burden of managing fear into steps to work to the other side of fear. I personally think the key to doing this is finding that one thing that will help you stay determined to a plan to work through your fear. What that one thing could be for you could be, you know, could be anything. It's different for everyone. Maybe it's a child or a life partner. Maybe it's a personal goal you have for yourself. Just decide what that thing is and hold on to it. Maybe it's wanting to live overseas as an example, but you have the fear of leaving the life you have now to start something new. I mean, 
That's a, that's a lot. That's overwhelming, it seems, and it does seem scary. So start looking at your fear. Start pulling back the various types of fear you have that overlay the fear of leaving. Pull those back with a plan. And when you're working on that plan, make sure you consider options available to you that might seem a bit out of scope or odd at first. This was hypnosis for Anne, and I would have never thought about that. But, you know, in itself, there is fear in looking to get help. I mean, I, I get it. But, you know, like Anne said, to help you develop and stay with a plan, find sympathetic support, support that is healthy and genuine, support that can help you define your fear layers, start to pull those back with a plan, and help you stay on the path with your baby steps. You know, the other side of fear can allow for a life that is that you, know, you never thought of, you never imagined, and getting there can be in your control. If you have liked anything you have heard here or on another episode, it would mean so much if you would tell a friend by sharing the episode, the website URL, itripoverflatsurfaces.com, clicking the five-star rating, or even better, leaving a written review. You know, this helps others to find the podcast and it lets you pass on encouragement too. Thank you so very much for listening. Until next time, watch your step. Step.